episode 367. I'm not fearful at all that this industry is going anywhere but up, up, and up. You know, we look at the average age of a car, 12, 13 years old. That means in 12 or 13 years, I'm going to be working on a 2018. There's nothing fearful about that whatsoever. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hi, Carm Capriato here, and welcome to Remarkable Results Radio with Mike Tadich, president of Tadich's TMT Automotive Bremen, Indiana, and also a John Maxwell Leadership Certified Coach. Hey, did you know that Federal Mogul Motor Parts' Garage Gurus supports the podcast? Hey, are you looking for a hands-on, real-world technical training experience? Garage Gurus offers on-site training in major markets across the country, providing the equipment, tools, and know-how needed to help keep your next job on track. Find out more at fmgaragegurus.com. Hey, listen, I'm very proud to provide our aftermarketers the content necessary to uplift, upgrade, and adapt to our automotive aftermarket industry. Our resources provide content for your advancement and development. I've added a book section on our website to bolster your personal development and growth. As my friend Barry Barrett says, leaders are readers. Check out the brand new webpage and see all the books we've discussed on the podcast. Find it on the menu bar on your favorite web browser at remarkableresults.biz slash books. Hey, are you in touch with our remarkable community? Well, get inside our ecosystem at remarkableresults.biz slash social. And a shout out to new Facebook friends, Jim Harvin, Tad Butita, and Ken Bornstein, and new LinkedIn connections, Tony Sanchez and John Constantin. Now meet shop owner Mike Tadich, who made a huge commitment to become a better leader. Mike has recently become a John Maxwell certified business coach. I've known Mike and his son, Tony, and I've had a one-on-one interview with son, Tony, in episode 231, and also in a shop talk roundtable with millennial shop owners in episode 360. This is Mike and I's first one-on-one, and we had a very candid talk about the industry and the leadership values that make for outstanding organizations. Now, he says that nine out of 10 shop owners don't believe they can take the shop forward because of their self-limiting belief that adds to being fearful of making big moves. He had to learn the art of letting go. Since Mike's son, Tony, is a millennial, he has some great advice about engaging that generation to take over our businesses, and he talks about so much more. Find the show's talking points for Mike Tadich at RemarkableResults.biz slash E367. So glad you've joined us to improve your own success pathway using the power of the spoken word. Enjoy. A warm welcome to Mike Tadich from TMT Complete Auto Center and Bremen, Indiana. Hey, Mike. How you doing today, Carm? I'm great, man. 35th year in business or thereabouts, maybe? Is it 37? Where are we now? Yeah, working in uh, the 35th year. Yes, sir. Wow, 35th year. And uh, you were just a very young man when you started. Yeah, my wife and I uh, got married and started our business within a couple months of each other at 22 years old and 19 years old, respectively. (laughs) <laughs> and you knew everything you knew exactly oh god yeah <laughs> i knew it i didn't even need to go to college i knew so much <laughs> i love it it's it's so great there's a point in time right now in your life where you can actually say that but back when you were 20 or 21 you were probably um unwilling to accept a whole bunch of advice 
No question. And I, uh, I'm, my dad, uh, unfortunately, left, uh, passed away when I was pretty young, and uh, I didn't have a lot of mentors when I was young, which is a mistake. But I'll tell you a quick story about one I did have. And he would always, uh, it was a grandfather of one of my best friends growing up, and he would come in and mentor me, and I would I would point every finger at every customer and employee and stuff and all these problems. My office was right next to the bathroom and he gets up and he was one of the guys that used to look up over the top of his glasses and about burn a hole through you. And he said, get up. And he marched me around and flipped the light on in the bathroom and he stood me in front of that mirror and he said, until you realize that son of a blank uh, is the root of all your, your problems and going to be the only way you're going to be successful, you're not ever going to amount to anything. And he walked out the door. And that happened to me about 24 years old, probably. And it took me about a week to call him back because I was mad at first. But I realized that I was I was the root of my evil and I was the only person that was going to drive the success. Some 30 years later, now you're recalling that. Uh, what, how, what an impression. Yeah. Oh, huge. It was a huge impression. And it was uh, uh, something that I didn't like at the time and it was probably the best dose of medicine that I had. Mike, you're here uh, for a lot of reasons. First of all, you run a successful shop. We've had your son, Tony, on before. I would love to talk a little bit here about Tony and, and his integration into the company. But um, you became a John Maxwell certified business coach. And, and I am so impressed with uh, that movement because there's no one in our industry, I don't believe, at, at your level of your area of expertise as a shop owner that now wants to go out and say, hey, leadership is it, guys. It's been uh, life-changing for me. And I'll tell you, several other shop owners got me hooked up with reading Maxwell, you know, probably 10, 10 years ago. And I started reading probably Five Levels of Leadership was one of the first ones. Um, and it really hit home with me. And we'll talk about that maybe in a little bit. But so I went, started going through that. And then the certification thing came up. And, you know, the, the number one thing I thought last year when I decided to join that was, you know, John Maxwell is in his mid seventies. I wanted to experience that live before that uh, wasn't anymore. And uh, I went through the certification program. It pretty much for me took from January of this year through August. I went to the certification program, tens and hundreds of hours of studying and training and listening to the different things. And I probably scratched 2% of the surface. <laughs> um, but I went to that certification program in Orlando, Florida in August. And I tell you, what a feeling of, of that, the, the power of this network of these 20,000 people worldwide in a hundred and some countries that are John Maxwell certified trainers and stuff. It's huge. But the biggest thing that really hit home with me, and I met all sorts of people from ministers to business people to school administration people, I didn't meet one person in the automotive business. None. And that's why I'm here. And I'm so excited about it. And and thank you for bringing your passion about leadership to the podcast. And uh, I I would love to do a couple of parts, you know, I don't care how long it takes to really develop a, a very strong leadership uh, series here with you. So uh, I'm tossing that out as a uh, possibility. Well, and the good Maxwell quote of that is everything falls on leadership, always has, always will. And we miss that a lot. I miss that for most of my career in that. And man, if we could help share that with others in our automotive business, I'd, I'd certainly love to do that. Well, people that are, are serious followers of the podcast um, have heard me talk about Maxwell, and it was in 1998. 
And I had a, a life-changing thing going on, and I was faced with being a much bigger, better, stronger leader than I ever was. And, and I was curious as to how I was going to handle all the responsibilities. So I went to the bookstore, and I went into this leadership section, and I'm flipping through books. It was fate that I bumped into developing the leader within you um, from John Maxwell. Of course, in the, I think, first paragraph of the first chapter, it says leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And that really shocked me. I actually put the book down and I started to think about what that means. And then I devoured the book and then I devoured developing, uh, it was developing the leader the, the, in others and then 21 irrefutable laws. And I just kept going on and on and on and failing forward. Uh, and 360-degree leadership and all of that stuff. And it wasn't, you know, because if you're in middle management, you have, uh, you know, you have to report upstairs, you have reports that come up to you. So anyway, I'm a big fan of Maxwell. I've got five or six books of Maxwell on my books page on the on the website. So if anyone wants to be inspired, just go to the website, click on the books and add to your collection. And as Barry Barrett, my friend, says, Leaders are readers, and um, and it really changed your life too, right, Mike? Oh, definitely. And I would, and I'll be honest for you, for you shop owners or shop people, whatever. I did not spend much time reading books. I read, I read the trade magazine. I read uh, things that had to do with fixing automobiles, but I didn't read things that were going to make me a, bit, a better leader, a better businessman, uh, a better. And the, the leadership is is you know, needed within our businesses, but it's needed within my family. It's needed within my, you know, other organizations that I belong to that it just, there's so many things that, that I missed with that, that, uh, that is, is, is been extremely helpful to me. Let's say that. I'm talking with Mike Zralik, a technical product specialist with federal mogul motor parts. So you have this, this van and it's the guru on the go van, and it's all nicely decked out, and you you drop by for lunches and learns. How do uh, shops get a chance to get that van to come to their place? Well, they can, of course, call into our um, Guru hotline and, and request it. They can talk to their parts distributor, you know, and and through that channel we can go out and do some training, or even with us out in the field, you know, if they see us, we do various warehouse distributor type shows, many different events. We're out there everywhere. Just come by and ask, and we'll be more than happy to come by. Hey, Mike, if I said you were a champion for Federal Mogul Motor Parts, would I be right? You betcha. So give me an example. I live, eat, breathe Federal Mogul on a daily basis. Um, you know, growing up, I being in, in the racing industry, I knew a lot about Moog. I loved Moog. Felpro, same thing. To go out and be able to talk about a company this big, this strong, it makes me happy every single day. I'm so excited to do it on a day-in and day-out basis. What are technicians saying after you're done with your presentation? When can you come back? They, they want more day in and day out. They want more, and, and you have more to give. You've got so many key product lines in the industry. Oh, we, we have a ton of product lines and a ton of training that's available you know, with those product lines and, and on a technical side, too. How dazzled are the techs to see that compression-loaded ball joint with the pre-installed integral dust boot? They 
come unglued. They are so excited about that because less frustrations. You know, they've been dealing with issues in the field of damaging that boot during installation, and it just it makes it so much easier to put in. And it's a beautiful piece. Federal Mogul Motor Parks' Garage Gurus is your go-to source for the vehicle training, technology, and answers you need to keep your next job on track. On-site, online, or on-demand, the gurus are here to help keep your business and your career on the road to success. Visit fmgarageguru.com. The new frontier of running great service professional shops today is leadership. Yeah, unequivocally, because we, we people expect a good break job, they, and that's the norm. They expect a good meal at the restaurant. It's the leadership and the experience that you have at, at a restaurant or at our service centers that makes all the difference in the world. And again, we, we, we come from this mechanic background that says, man, if I just tune up a car good enough, that's, that's good enough. And, and that's not anymore. That's not what today's modern shop is. And for us to evolve and, and, and be what we need to be in, in this type of uh, business, it, it has to change a lot. And again, it goes back to leadership. When we were talking the other day, you said uh, nine out of 10 shops don't believe they can take their shop forward. I truly believe that. And it's, it's the, uh, it's just self-limiting belief is what it really comes down to. We, 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 we get into these things, we get these things built into our head um, and, and they're drilled into us from a, from a kid. For example, uh, early bird gets the worm. Uh, the best comes to those who wait. What is it? Do I got to get up early and get the worm or do I have to wait? I mean, but those are things that, that goes through and it's, it's, it's teachings that get embedded in our brain. And it's like, you'll never amount to anything, anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do they tell a kid? They tell a kid, follow the leader. Yeah, right. I don't want to, I, I don't want my kids following my grandchildren out following a leader. I want them to be the leader. That's the difference with that. But it's it's those it's those mindset, and it goes back to one of the guys at Maxwell did a piece on that, and he said, "I live at you know somewhere in Pittsburgh, and give the address. Did you grow up there?" And everybody says, "Well, no, of course not." But he goes through all those things. He said, "You must have because you believe the same things I do, because those are the things that were drilled into us from our parents and grandparents and society and everything else." Is leadership going to be a a, a real important element in business coaching today? Is there is there enough concentration on it? I personally don't think there's enough concentration on it um, in, in our industry whatsoever. We have great people that have great organizations within our industry, um, and they're trying to fix a lot of different things in our shops, from service advisors to you know KPIs and all the all the great things we talk about. But leadership is one piece that I just don't think is talked about a whole lot in, in our business, and and uh, I think it's a big missing link. So that's one thing that really drove me to the to the Maxwell training was. Uh, to bring it into the coaching that I do, uh, not only within my service center, but in my businesses, but also with the other people that I coach and to just try to open that door and, and let people really realize how they can take this type of leadership training and really make a difference in their lives. So is there enough delegation and vision going on with uh, the leaders in our industry? You know, I'll leave that up to their personal interest, whoever does that. I mean, I... Again, I, I'll go back to I just don't think leadership is 
is talked about near as much. Again, we talk about so many different things and, um, you know, we, I, for me in my shop, I sent technicians always to every, every class that came around, whether it was a nap or snap, snap on or whatever. I always did that. Didn't spend much time with service advising. Now in the last 10 years, service advising has been become pretty hot where we have a lot of people teaching service advising and stuff. But then the leadership side, I think, is the next frontier that has not been touched in our industry. Got it. You, you know, no doubt that service advisors need to be great leaders. 100%. I talked in my service advising. I think a service advisor in a shop is an air traffic controller. They got stuff coming in from the front, from the customers, going out to the back to the technicians. They're landing planes. Planes are taking off. Parts guys are delivering. They've got all this stuff going on. And man, if you don't think your service advisor or your service manager, whatever you want to term him or her, uh, needs leadership, uh, think of how many uh, confrontations you have between a service advisor and technician. That can be solved with leadership. Such a great point. Wow, I love it. You were a typical dad who wanted to keep those airplane controls firmly in your hands. Am I right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> you know, we, 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 we need to do a, an entire show on letting go, don't we? And very much so. It's very difficult. I mean, and, and if, if I talk to some of the shop owners that have, have been in there 30 plus years like I have, you built this baby. I mean, we have three children, three wonderful children. Um, and this uh, automotive business was child number one, really, because it came ahead of the three children. Um, and, and we have to, have to do some separation of that. But um, I'll tell a quick story of that. The reason that it really hit home with me, I was sitting in a banking meeting some years back and I was telling him how great my shop was and all the things I was going to do. And he says, that's all well and good. But he said, what happens if Mike Tadich gets hit by a Mack truck? And I thought, man, what happens with that? And I went home and it really sunk in, took me a couple days. I think that meeting was on a Friday and I kind of thought about it. And I thought, I have built this whole thing to run through me, with me. When I went on vacation, it went to crap. Um, I mean, everybody, I'm sure people can always tell these stories. And it, I did that to myself. So those years I started, and that was well before my son was really involved. He had worked, was just kind of getting back into the business after college. Um, and uh, I started building a team and started, and then I got into the leadership books and putting these places together. And it, man, it just, it made such a difference. But letting go, very difficult. Um, when I met you know. Tony, your son, for the first time, as it, it was at Vision two years ago. And he stopped by to say hello in, into my studio, and I recognized him as a young man in the industry. And I was really concentrating very heavily on interviewing millennials. And we just started to talk, and I recognized that he was an SOB, a son of boss. And he, <laughs> and, he yeah. and almost that was his attitude, you know, and, and he wanted more, and he wanted to, he wanted to break out, and, and I could sense this. And I said, to, if you're willing to be transparent, come on the show. So, of course, Tony did come on the show, and, and he, he did a wonderful episode. I think it's in the 130s. I can't quite remember, but just, uh, just go to the... Um, website 
type in Tony Tadich and, and you'll find his episode. And uh, I have to tell you, uh, and, and then I met you and then, you know, and, and, and you were on the show. You did some breaks for breast stuff with us a while back, which was great. And and then, of course, the Maxwell thing. You went through an incredible transformation because you realized second gen had to have a place to go. Very much so. And again, we have we do have three children. Only one really had uh, had a yearning to be in the automotive business. I tried to push him in every direction other than that. Um, but you know, it's meant to be. Those are somebody else's plans, not mine. But it made me really think. And I have a lot of uh, shop owners that say, "Man, I wish I had a son that would take over my business." And my my caution to that is every time you mix family in 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 this business thing it's it's a whole different concoction it's a whole different recipe it's a whole different result and sometimes dinner's burnt and sometimes it tastes pretty good um uh, so it it it's i tell you it's taken a lot of uh learning on my part because it, if if you can sit here and uh say that i can manage and and coach uh a son the same as I would another employee, I, I, I'd have to call you a liar. <laughs> um, it, it's just a totally different dynamic. Um, as I told you, you know, being the, losing my dad when I was pretty young, it was very important to me have a great relationship with my children. And sometimes that is a little stressful uh, uh, in this. But, uh, but to be able to mentor. So one of the things I did, and, you, and that's why, Carm, you've met Tony and, uh, and others have, is I'd really try to expose them to the industry pretty young. I go to a lot of meetings that have a lot of older uh, uh, shop owners, and I don't see the second gens that are back working in the shop. Man, you got to take the time to get them out of the shop and get them um, exposed to other people. Hey, there's some great <laughs> advice from Mike. Please reach out and and and, and involve your children and and get out of their way, right, Mike? Yes, and that and that's a that's a difficult thing too is to is to get out of their way. We've we've gone through a, a process year after year to get that, and as of January first of this year, Tony and I are are, are full fledged business partners. He's buying out forty nine percent of the shop, um, and you know I've turned over day to day operations to him. Um, and I didn't have that mentor that guidance early, so I want to be that person that helps coach and guide and love and and and, and there are still some uh, headbutting times and stuff because uh there are different ways to do it we I, we both want to get to the end result and uh hopefully uh both of our ways get us that way um it, there's a lot of similarities but uh he's obviously wants to do it in a different way and i like one of the best sayings i liked is this uh, if you're a, if you're a first gen dad or mom or whatever out there is as my ceiling ought to be his floor I want him to take. I want him to take what we've built upon and do amazing things with it, and that's that's really really our goal. Are you uh, bringing your influence on Maxwell to him? Have you said, "Listen, Tony, um, here's the plan. You're going to do this. Go to this meeting. Tell me what you learned. Read this book. Let me coach you here." I mean, do you have a a well thought out plan? Yeah, we've we've had a good plan with that. We've worked through the dynamics of, you know, how how a buyout's constructed and and how we put those things together. How the management is done. One of the one of the uh, problems that we had a couple years ago is we had 
two management styles within an organization in a small company. And it, it created a little confusion between because uh, Mike tells me one thing, Tony tells me another. So we had to get now my management is all through Tony, not around Tony. Again, I, I, I talk about George Steinbrenner, the uh, owner of the Yankees. George Steinbrenner was a minority owner of the Yankees, but he was the managing partner. Tony is the managing partner of TMT Automotive as we expand for what we do. So, um, so we're still behind the scenes, but uh, with our with our team, there's got to be a unity and a, a one leader only, and that that is Tony. As far as the Maxwell and some of those things, um, we both got exposed to that by being at meetings. So there's things that he, that he picked up from other shop owners. You uh, parents out there. You could tell your, I'll, I'll tell a little joke with this. You could tell your kid uh, the same thing five times, never sinks through. Carm goes and tells him something and that's the gospel. It's like, I've been telling you that same thing for three years. Um, so getting him around other people and there's great industry people that have been, that have helped my son. And um, I, I tease him, uh, but it's the God's honest truth. He's got five of the best people in the industry on speed dial. Um, I didn't have that. (laughs) So, um, uh, so those are good things. Mike, that is so true. Um, Here's a great story to back that up. Years ago, I was frustrated about trying to get a message through to my team. Okay. And uh, I kept saying, I'm, I'm saying this over and over again, but it's not sinking in. Well, someone told me the story. Find a friend that you trust, give them your same meeting outline, and have them come in from a different city. Actually, have them walk in with a briefcase, get in front of the room, and give your same story speech, your same outline, your same process, your same program, and it'll probably sink in because it's not you telling them. And that was way before I read Maxwell. I was so frustrated in trying to get the point across, but so, so Perfect. I mean, thank thank you for saying that. By the way, your son uh, did come on most recently, and uh, I'm, I'm doing a series called Shop Talk, and I had uh, three uh, shop owners on. Mike was one of them from the millennial age, millennial shop owners, and he, he did a great job. In fact, what I noticed, and Mike, this I'm saying this for the first time, from the original interview that I did with him, single one-on-one, right after Vision, to the one we just did a, just a bit ago, an incredible change. You could, you could just you could just hear it in his voice. You could hear it in the things he said about where he is. He has grown as a leader. Yeah, it definitely has. And and uh, I'll tell you, I, I come from a. Uh, I have high expectations and high uh, 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 thoughts that that he can really grow and be something in there. So mediocrity is not a word that gets talked about in our service center, whether it's how we operate our service center is how, how we grow as, as shop owners. And, and, uh, and he's, and I thank you for pointing that out uh, with him. And that's, that's being around being able to speak at several events. Uh, he just most recently uh, spoke at a, a service advisor training uh, that, that we had, uh, just a couple weeks ago, and is is continues to hone his skills and stuff. And man, you got to you got to continue to sharpen the axe. Um, and he's done a good job of that. You're obviously pushing him. Maybe he doesn't even realize it to um, to get it to, to bring his passion to uh, to the public. And 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 you know, wow! If you're out there, Tony, and you're listening, I'm excited for you. 
Well, and if you think about this, if you just really scale this industry down, other than probably the medical field, who touches more lives than us in the independent automotive service repair business? Every morning that that family gets up and goes to work, goes to school, goes to church, whatever, they're relying on mass transfer on our uh, transportation because we don't have mass transportation really in most parts of the United States. We're such a needed commodity and we touch so many lives. And I think we fail to realize that, how important part. If you think of one time that you have a car breakdown, you know, and I'm in the business, I don't want to have a car breakdown. And you think of what that does to somebody's life. We, we have such a, a big footprint on people's lives. And I don't think we think about that sometimes. You know, the older you get, you were telling me just the other day, you get more fearful. And if that's the case, and the average shop owner, how old is the average shop owner in our industry? Uh, last I heard, about 63. That puts people up at 80 and up at 40? Is it possible? They claim uh, uh, one of the trade magazines did it. I think the average age was 63 years old of a shop owner uh, in, in today's day and age. And and, and that's going to change. I mean, there's a lot of shops that are going to, in my opinion, are going to go by the wayside because they haven't made the changes. They haven't moved moved up and stuff, which is going to open up a lot for shop owners that do put the effort in. And, you know, I've been to a couple of recent conventions and there's a ton of young guys in this business that are, that are hard chargers and, and we're in great hands with that. So I'm, I tell you, as one of the older guys in the business, I, I look, uh, I look with jealousy at those young guys and, and including my son and, and the opportunity they have ahead of us. Uh, I'm not fearful at all that this industry is going anywhere, but up, up and up, you know, we look at the average age of a car, 12, 13 years old. That means in 12 or 13 years, I'm going to be working on a 2018. There's nothing fearful about that whatsever. Um, so, uh, I, again, I'm, I'm excited for our industry. It really is. It, it, we're in a great week. We could be in the golden age of our industry if we pay attention, if we go out and um, embrace open our arms to to learn new things to run a better business to be a better leader you just said something important you're you're jealous of the young people that are out there and and i'm glad to hear that and so i'm a young person listening i i could be a guy who just started my shop i was a great technician i want to run a shop and you know the struggles and the pains that people will go through for many years so some advice some advice for the young people that you're jealous of. Well, I told you my start at 22 years old. Um, again, I'll, let's further that. 22 years old, rented a building, had $500 of cash and borrowed 2,500 bucks. And it was not a shop before. It was an empty building. And I had no fear then because I had nothing to lose. So as you get older, you get fear because you start accumulating things. You don't want to lose whatever. I didn't have anything to lose. So it was it was well worth the, the challenge. My point of the of this is this, and another John Maxwell thing, is nothing beats the compound effect of consistency. And I've run a consistent race. Um, uh, one shop, one marriage, um, three wonderful children. Um, it, you know, so we, we've been, and believe me, there's been, there was some bumps in the road. There was some, uh, there was a couple of earthquakes in the middle there um, of, of, of business. Uh, and we weathered, weathered the storm through those. But the compound effect of consistency is what's going to get you to where you need to be and stuff. And I think probably if I could give any advice to millennials is, slow it down a little bit, 
you know, really build the foundation really strong because we, we talk about that a lot in a lot of our service advising is, is building, building that strong foundation first and then start to grow and accelerate this thing. Too many times maybe we want to, we want, and I did too. I wanted to, I wanted to capture the world at 22 years old and, and uh, it take it takes time and it takes effort. So. Foundation, Mike. What do you really mean? I mean, uh, the team, the customer base, relationships. W- describe foundation. Well, you think of the way that you and I used to get education, Carm, and that was that big thing called the uh, uh, encyclopedias in the, in the room and stuff. And now we have. Um, you, we, I know this is not videoed, but we all have these, uh, you know, laptops and iPads and phones. We have all this information at our fingertips. So I talked to a guy the other day, one of the guys that I coach, and he was talking about buying stocks. And I gave him the best stock tip ever. And his name was Don. Um, and he, he had he had some good things. And I told him, let's invest in the best stock you can ever, ever invest in. And that was D-O-N-I-N-C. Don Inc. If invest in yourself, and that's John Maxwell, that's training, that's getting out to the ratchet and wrenches, that's being in a good automotive group that can help you grow. Um, getting with other shop owners, there's not, Carmen, there's not a day goes by that I don't probably speak or text with three, four or five different shop owners. I spent 30 minutes, 45 minutes on the phone last night with a shop owner, and, and that network is what is growing me. The years that I spent isolated in my little northern Indiana town were the least growth years that we had. And this, uh, conversely, getting with this great network of people. And there's wonderful people in our industry that can really help you accelerate your growth. But be open. You know, the old, uh, be the sponge, not the rock. Sponge soaks it in, rock, it flows over the top. Don't do it alone. Period. I mean, what you're saying, we talk, we've talked about this ad nauseum in, on the podcast, networking, networking, networking. If it's not a 20 group, if it's not a local business group, if it's not an association, if it's not a conference, you got to get out. Don't stay inside the building. Get out. Very much so. And, and so many, if, if we, if you shop owners that are out there listening or service advisors have come to the technician side, that is a little bit of an isolated world. That's you and this automobile underneath the hood, whatever it is. And it, it's getting outside of that and really networking and not being afraid to go say, Hey, you know, this part of my business sucks right now and I really need help with this. I mean, that was part of my first battle was to be, you go to these meetings and everybody's telling her this now Facebook groups are telling all the wonderful things that are happening in your shop and you're sitting back there saying, well, things aren't very good for me right now. And boy, you got to be able to lay the cards on the table. And, and once you do that, I mean, the pouring, uh, the outpouring of offerings and help, uh, there's a ton of people that are, will give you anything you need to help you be successful. Be transparent. I think you just said transparent is a is a big side of it and and we don't want it we don't want to air our dirty laundry we're embarrassed that our you know this other shop's doing two million dollars a year and we're doing 300 grand or whatever your number is it doesn't really matter i look at it as playing golf you don't play golf against somebody else um you play to be better than you were last week and that's the way we should look at our at our at our shops. Try to be better than you were yesterday. Uh, you know, John Maxwell had a thing on his uh, desk for years. He said he said yesterday ended last night. 
It's like, drop it, forget it. It's, it's yesterday. We use the saying all the time, the front windshield of a car is large. The rear window is much smaller. That's because you're supposed to be looking forward, not backward. Great. Move on. Move on. Great, great advice. It's tough for people to change, Mike. Uh, almost the same old, the same old is comfortable for them. Any advice on change? Uh, it, and it is. It's, you know, whether that's that comfy pair of weekend uh, sweatpants or whatever you're wearing or that uh, or that lazy boy or whatever, whatever, whatever you have. But uh, it but the old saying truly rings true is success lies just outside of your comfort zone and the growth happens there. You know, we weren't put on this earth to just be average and mediocre mediocre that was a, a lot of things in the john maxwell thing is to to really stretch that thing uh, being average is a lazy man's cop-out it takes guts to make a stand in life why are you taking up space for with no purpose yeah you're taking a trip through life but you're never paying the fare you think of all those things and and, and that's all it's all the difference in, in our growth and stuff if you would have told me 10, 15 years ago that we would have accelerated our shop to where we were at, I would say it's not possible. And the only reason it is possible is because I got outside my comfort zone. And it's scary. It's not easy. That's a, that's a huge statement. Um, do you remember the day you stepped over that line? I went to my first, uh, you know, 20 group or whatever you want to call it. And I went to a meeting in, in, uh, in Chicago. Um, I went, I, re- I remember I went on a Sunday. We were open six days a week. Um, for, for me, Chicago is about three hours away. And to get to where the meeting was, you had to drive through the, you know, traffic side of Chicago. It was an all day event. And I told my wife I was going there and I actually took one guy that worked in my shop and I took Tony when he was 18, 19 years old. And we went to that meeting and my wife looked at me like I was crazy. You're going to give up your only day to go listen to this automotive guy speak. And that was the change. I mean, I started getting with a group of uh, great automobile uh, service center people and we started growing from there. But that was my change. And I was broke, 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 probably on the verge of bankruptcy at that point in time. And it was 07, 08, you know, the recession, the great recession, as we call it now. Um, but that that was the that was the uh, change in my life and my business life. Many people have come on the podcast and have shared that so transparent like you did and uh, those life-changing moments. And and I hope that sticks to a lot of people's mind that you almost it, it, you almost need to make a big bold move in, in order to in order to get where you want to go. Well, think of this is is you, th- you you know we get a little older you start looking back and stuff but uh do, how do you want, do you want to end up on your tombstone, uh, Mr. Shop owner, or here lies Mr. Mr. or Mrs. Average? I, I don't want that. I, I want to have a, an impact on uh, what we do. And we've, we've done it within, we do a lot of leadership training within our shop with, with our, uh, with our team, with, uh, you know, with our, one of our young technicians came up and was due for a raise and some growth. And we worked out a plan and I said, what's one of your goals? He said, I want to be able to buy my first house and I need to save down payment. We worked out a program where we took part of his pay and I didn't take it 
myself, but I set him up with a financial guy where he could take out money every week. And at the end of a year, he'll have seven, $8,000 that he could put down on a house. Those are impactful things and leadership things that, that I think we as shop owners, I didn't used to do that. And I don't think many shop owners today do, but you know, take, take, take part in somebody's life that works for you. And man, when you do, they, it, you want to talk about glue uh, to your team. It, it really makes a huge difference. Wow. Great. You know, we've heard those stories before, but to hear it, you know, from the horse's mouth, uh, great stuff. Great stuff, Mike. Um, thanks. Uh, here's a Maxwell quote. Teamwork makes the dream work, but a vision becomes a nightmare when the leader has a big dream and a bad team. So does it start with uh, team building? Uh, obviously, your own self as a leader. And then do you take that then to your team? That's a really great saying and something to go back on. And, and I'm, I'm big on those types of things. And they always resonate, pop into my head. And one of the things I think when I w started this transformation was uh, before we can grow uh, we, we, I got to grow me. Um, and that was a big, and I had to change first. So, uh, for shop owners that are out there that are, are struggling, it starts with you. It starts with your growth first before we can start building that team. Then I can start putting these other pieces. Uh, we have shop meetings all the time. Once a week, five, 10 minutes is on technical stuff and 40, 50 minutes is on leadership and on, thinking outside of the box and changing that mindset. I, I just spoke to a shop owner this morning and we were talking about that. And I told him it takes time to change that culture uh, within your team. It's not a snap over the night, uh, overnight uh, success with that because it, it takes time and it takes, it takes you changing. It takes me changing, you know, the way I dressed when I went to the shop. It was a whole change. I wore a tech, Technician uniform, even though I wasn't a technician for many, many years, and it, it took changing that uh, and changing my mindset from the from the morning I put on a pair of black dress pants and a and a and a businessman shirt versus a a, a uniform. I'll never forget a story from Doug Callahan. He said, "In order for me to change how I worked inside my business, I had to put a dress shirt and a tie on every day, so I didn't pull myself into the shop into a role that I was so comfortable doing." Yeah. And it's the same way. I mean, I, I've told the story many times. A lot of your shop owners come from the technician side. I really came from the sales side. Sales was my cup of tea and stuff. So my, as you shop owners run back in and want to work on a car, I want to go fix sales. And I had to change out of that uh, polo shirt that had the logo and said service advisor Mike on it and, and all that stuff and, and, and become the, and be the leader that this, that the shop so desperately needed. That was really what it came to. Great story. I love it. Uh, it goes back to that consistency statement you said earlier. If you were going to have company meetings and you were going to build the team and, and, and impart a leadership culture inside the business, don't give up on it. Be consistent. That's very true. It, it's one of the things, and it starts with weekly meetings. You've got to gather that team and have, we used to have meetings when we had meetings when the owner had something to complain about. <laughs> that was the, you know, they were, they were not positive meetings. They were, they were, you know, complaint sessions. We'll say it the nice way. Um, and it's, we, we had to change that. So we, we had to bring different things into our meetings and in different ways. And now we have, uh, 
we reward for training every everybody in our organization from uh, from a porter service general service to a technician to a salespeople are all required to have 40 hours of continual education each and every year and we reward for that we we have a uh, Thanksgiving dinner the Monday before uh, Thanksgiving, and we hound out bonus checks. Um, I handed out the best, biggest one I handed out last year was $1,100. And a guy put in a lot of extra time uh, on training and growth. So, and, and, but that starts as a leadership. I, when we go away to conferences and come back and they think you're out there sunning yourself in beautiful Florida or California, I have to remind them that, uh, that, you know, I spent 16 hours this weekend in a classroom. <laughs> so, uh, you, you just brought up a, a memory for me. I, I, I was like you, I'd always attend conferences, always go out. And the funny thing was, is, oh no, Carm's going away. Because the problem is, is when he comes back. <laughs> oh yeah, he's, he's full of yeah, all these new ideas, yeah, yeah. and he's, we're going to change. Oh my god, we're going to have to have yeah. a meeting. We're going to have to talk about what he learned. We're going to have to, you know. Uh, and you know what? I actually think they loved the idea that I was moving the business forward. And and even though it was a joke, <laughs> here we go. We're going to change again. That's a great point too, and I think you have to share that with your team, and you have to share with your team this organization needs to be profitable to be able to buy that new equipment, to be able to remodel the shop, invest in new hoist, uh, put the technology in and, and where it really comes from. I remember one of my technicians told me years and years ago, uh, he said, my, my check's not going to be very good next Friday. And I looked at him, I said, mine's not either. And he, he, he took a few seconds and he kind of pulled back from me and he said, man, I never really thought of it that way. And so to explain to your team that I've got bills just like you do um, with maybe a couple extra zeros on the end of them, but it's the same thing going in. And, and so many times we're afraid as owners, we can't share that because they don't understand. We have to explain to them, you know, how the process works and really how very little one of the guys that I uh, coach with does a dollar bill and he tears it in, you know, 30% and then it's down to, you know, 10, 20%. It's little sliver is what's left over for the owner at the end of the day. Um, it's a great analogy. Let me share this great story with you. We, it, hopefully it'll take less than a minute. I, I used to do this. I used to do a seminar called Profitability for Dummies and I took an entire P&L and I tore it apart by the percentages of sales that every you know component was, every expense component was. And what I did is I actually took the money that equated to a $100 bill, if you will, and if, if, if salaries, are, for example, were 30%, there'd be $30 in an envelope under a chair in, in, in the seminar room. And I would always put the envelopes in the first row so the people who sat up front got rewarded. And we went, and so I asked everyone to, you know, go under their chair, see if they found an envelope. The envelope would have a code on it, and it would match the code of the P&L. I ended up giving $100 away during that seminar and put it in people's hands. And the person who had, you know, the highest cost, I think, at that time for us was payroll. We always say, you know, Bobby's buying drinks at the bar because, you know, he, he had the most money. And then part of the big piece, the big takeaway was, you know, we want to buy new equipment. We want to expand and we want to give raises. Do you know where that comes from? And you just said it earlier. It comes from net operating profits. So, you know, once we, once we filter this P&L down to the couple of dollars that are ending up, ending up being on the, on the P&L for the company, we've got to do things with it. And the more there's there the more there's, you know, in, in that net profit line, the more we can do. 
those are great pieces at Steph. And we've recently went through a major shop renovation where we have, you know, one of the nicest independent uh, service centers in our area. And the guys that have been with my team were able to experience that and see that change and growth. And now we can, uh, new people on our team, we can talk about that and talk about, you know, what we've worked together to do. And it's, it's, uh, it's so again, let your people be part of be part of this team. Let let them in on and the insights of things. And uh, there's there's nothing nothing to hide with that. I mean, it's it's great to be transparent. Hey, uh, I so enjoy this. I have one one final question now. When you're having these team meetings and you're changing your business culture and you're bringing this entire leadership, um, I guess the word is culture to your business. Are you going to find some people um, just won't be on the team in a bit? hundred percent. I was just uh, talking with a, with a shop manager a little bit ago and we talked about this and it, it came from an old basketball coach. It was a really a tyrant uh, when he coached and stuff. They asked him about team rules and he said, I don't have any team rules. And they said, what? You're one of the most difficult guys to play with for blah, blah, blah. He said, I don't have team rules because he said, every guy on my team is different and it takes a difference. So I, climbing down this guy's throat and getting him to perform works. It wouldn't work for Daryl over here. Uh, I have to go about, about that differently. And I was explaining that to the shop manager because he has a, a uh, technician that's old school and uh, uh, just is ha- having some struggles with that are commonplace in that. And, and I, we talked about different ways to, to uh, lead that team and the difference between the word lead and manage two totally different words. Too many times we try to mix those together and leadership is not management or management is not leadership. Let's put it this way. So, and it's, and getting the last piece I'll throw in this is, is you, is, for all of us to grow, we must let our present and future be totally separate from our past. It's a hard thing to let go of, but it's got to be, it's got to be separate. What, what happened yesterday, it's over. I don't care if you're the 63 year old shop owner, you know, that's been in it a lot of years and stuff that it's over with start today and move it forward. Put the old carm on the shelf. Yes. I've definitely been several different Mike Tadiches in, uh, in my 30 some years of owning TMT automotive. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, another great story comes to mind. Susie Welsh, uh, Jack Welsh's wife. He was the uh, former chairman of GE. I saw her speak and it actually, it was at a Maxwell conference. Uh, one of those live satellite feeds that I went to years ago and she got up and she told the story about change and she went to a high school reunion. Maybe it was her 25th year. Someone came up to her and say, wow, Susie, you've changed. And she said back to the person, thank God. So we'll leave the audience with that. Hey, will you come back and do some series on leadership for us? Oh, I'd love to do that. I'd love to share. There's so many ways that we can bring uh, John Maxwell and a lot of different, there's a lot of other great leaders out there. I chose the Maxwell path because uh, I believe strongly in that. And it's a, it's a great footprint. If anybody wants to know more about that, I'd love to share with anybody, but there, there's so many things that we can bring to uh, this automotive industry that will help up level us as, as a whole, as a, as a team. Um, and I'd, ha- I'd help out in any way. Can we put your email in your show notes page? Sure. Yep. You're more than happy to. Thank you. Mike Tadich, TMT Complete Auto Center, Bremen, Indiana. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you very much. 
Thank you, Mike Tadich, for contributing to all aftermarket professionals who understand that we're all perpetual students. And thanks for bringing the focus of leadership to your coaching efforts. The key talking points can be found at remarkableresults.biz slash E367. Hey, please don't forget to check out the new books page on the website. And don't forget, write to me. I love to hear from you. Carm at remarkableresults.biz. We'll talk soon. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.